What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. Uh, this is the interview slash podcasty show where I always kind of just pluck someone from the industry here in Toronto, uh, soon to be kind of Canada-wide, um, and just kind of pick their brain a little bit and just find out, you know, how they how they kind of got in the industry and all that stuff. So joining me today on this uh, beautiful Friday night is uh, Sebastian Sacchini. Skinny, skinny. Yeah, oh. That was that was like two out of ten. Uh, I was I was much better when we weren't. You had recording. it before. <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, your when I was looking at my Skype, your name was cut off, and I was like, oh, I forget the the order of the it's C A I N I. Anyways, um, it's not the worst. It's been butchered. <laughs> well, at least I, at least I'm not the bottom. Two out of ten. It's not bad. Um, Sebastian, thanks for joining me, man. And no problem. I'm excited. Um, so. I don't know if you've listened to any of these podcasts or the people who are kind of new to these podcasts. The first question that I always kind of ask is just, uh, A, kind of describe yourself, let the audience kind of know who I'm talking to, but but B, um, how do you decide, define yourself as a gamer? Like a lot of people kind of think they're a PC master race or they're a console gamer or they're a mobile specifically type of person. Like how do you kind of define yourself as a gamer? And and right. uh, and who and who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um... Yeah, I'm a, still a student. Uh, I make a lot of games on the side, kind of like hobbyist level, I guess. I try not to present too much as a student. Uh, I'm more interested in like my side projects and jam games than I am actually being in school, I guess. Um, so that's that's me, really. I've made, what, 100 games in the last two years, which is a lot. <laughs> and and so, where, do you, uh, where do you go to school? I go to school at Sheridan College. And you're studying in, game design. And you're in your second year or entering your second going year? Going into third. Going into your third year? Okay. Yes. Which and means so- I'm looking for a co-op, so people hire me, please. <laughs> Taking the opportunity. So if you're looking for a game designer, co-op, um, co-op student, uh, maybe hit up Sebastian. Um, and then what, uh, what kind of gamer, like how would you kind of define yourself as a gamer? Um, I guess not picky. Like okay. I wouldn't say I have a preferred platform or even, like, genre preferences. I kind of just play whatever I want. You know, someone tells you something's good, I'm like, cool, play that next. And then I do. Um, I I feel like there's stuff to learn from everything, really, so I don't like to limit myself. Mm -hmm. So is there a particular (laughs) genre that you are really uh, find yourself pulled to, or, or or is it literally just this is the kind of the hot game right now, or someone has recommended you a game kind of in the past, and you just go to it? Are you mostly on PC as well, or...? I, I play on everything, oh, like every platform. <laughs> My, I think I own almost every console now, as well as like a beefy PC. But like, I don't really have. Okay, no, that's not true. I have a soft spot for rhythm games. That's <laughs> that's the truth. I don't like to have genre restrictions because some people are like, I won't play shooters or I won't play an RPG, and it's like that's cool and all, but like, what if it's really good? What if it's the one that'll change your mind? Mm-hmm. So, I don't like to to limit myself per se. But I, rhythm games get to me so quickly. It's I still I still play Guitar Hero regularly. Oh, it's really? My guilty pleasure. Wow, I haven't. Oh man, Guitar Hero. I haven't played Guitar Hero in well when everyone else was playing Guitar that's, Hero. Really, that's like, what everyone tells me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same. That's the same thing I get when I tell people I play Pokemon Go. It's like, I, oh, people still oh, play boy. that. Oh boy, 
Me too. Oh boy. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, million like, like that that game like took over the world for this. <laughs> they first keep summer. taking my gym. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so so top rhythm games right now that or what's like a what's like well, one of the best rhythm games because when I think of it, uh, that doesn't get mentioned that much. Although it's certainly well known in, in kind of the people who know these games is Leap Beat Agents on DS from... Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, when was that? Like, seven, eight years ago? Whenever the DS... That was longer than seven, eight years ago. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. look it up real quick. Um, But what's what's in a rhythm game that we might not know that is really good that we should maybe... My my favorite series, and here comes the Weeaboo already, but the Hatsune Miku Project Diva series is by far my favorite. What was Uh, that called? (laughs) Hatsune Miku Project Diva. It's like the whole series. Most of them didn't get brought to North America. Okay. But they're punishingly difficult and I love it. <laughs> it's there it's it's not an easy series to get into, but like once you get the hang of it, it's I reach flow state really easily with it. So like it's perfect for me. I don't know. So Leap Beat Asians came out November 6, 2006. Yeah, that's so it was way off so 12, 12 years, years ago. Oh my god, I'm so old. That's twice Jeez. what you said. Oh, that just... <laughs> I, remember, hey, I remember playing it too, so... <laughs> I remember uh, when my friends and I used to go to Niagara Falls, like, for... Like, in the summer, just as, like, a group. And uh, I remember when that game came out and everyone was kind of talking about it, like, saying, like, how, you know, how fun it is and unique and quirky, quirky and stuff. And uh, I played... I remember I played uh, a round of poker and I lost within... I lost 80 bucks within a matter of minutes... Um, but poker was really popular, so we were all kind of playing. But I was so like, I was so like upset that I lost all this money within a couple of minutes. And I was like, I was in, I was like you, I was a student in university or whatever. So losing eighty dollars oh, was that's brutal. all the money. <laughs> exactly. That was basically exactly that was basically my money. Um, and so I went to this arcade in Niagara Falls with my friend, uh, and Elite Beat Agents was one of the prizes for one of the games. And you never win the like the legit like prizes in those things, but I managed to win Elite Beat Agents, which uh, kind of softened the blow a little bit of losing eighty dollars. So <laughs> that's my like Elite Beat Agents. It holds like a special place in my heart because it was there for me when I when I was really upset <laughs> losing yeah. eighty dollars in like five minutes. Um, so, so what kind of games are you playing right now this, at this time? Like, maybe you're not playing a rhythm game, but what, what's, what's uh, in your consoles? What's in your PC right now that you're playing? Currently, I've mostly been playing A Way Out, which has been a really interesting experience. Because, like, it's a co-op story game. And to me, that's, like, mind-blowing, because I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. Mm-hmm. And, like, the writing's fine. Like, it's, it's nothing special as a narrative game, I'd say. But, like, the mechanics and the way that it makes the players interact in, like, a narrative setting is really cool and could definitely pave the way for, like, maybe AAA to try doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played the first, like, uh, chapter of it. Like, we, we got out of prison, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I played with, like, a friend from the site, John. Uh, and we, we never got back to it. Um, but it's definitely something that I want. The, the genius thing they did with that game is that you could give a copy to your friend, like, digitally if if they didn't buy yeah. it. So he bought it, I didn't buy it. So um, pretty smart of them to do that. Yeah. So how, so you're, you play a wide range of games. 
you, you don't kind of limit yourself to a particular genre or anything like that. You, you try to play everything, which is, I think, at, you know, the stage of your career as a, as a student is a pretty smart thing to do. Um, one, of the, one of the missions I'm always trying to do with these podcasts is just someone who's kind of in a similar position uh, and sees, you know, success or, or, or wants to get kind of a different take on how people are pat, pat, um, setting the path of their career, like what they could do. So you, you find it uh, obviously kind of beneficial to just have a wide range of, of tastes, tastes in, in the games that you play. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing, but it's also cause like I get bored when there's no variety, right? Like I can't pigeonhole into one genre and then stick with it. Like I need to mix things up or else I just get burnt out. And so, so like, Oh, sorry. Oh no, it's just, it's partially just me as a player, but also it's like a good learning experience. So it's like a win-win for me. Right. And do you find that cause you said you've made like a hundred games, uh, over the course of the couple of years or, or so, um, a lot of like. Um, game jam type of games. Do you find yourself kind of sticking to a genre that you are designing, or are you are you also kind of branching your sort of designing um, chops on like you might have made a racer, you might have made a rhythm game, you might have made I, I, the latest. We'll talk about your latest game, the lemon oh, one, boy. which looked like <laughs> which looked like a twin stick shooter sort of sort of thing. Yeah. Um, do you do you find that you're you're kind of just branching your along with your taste of games so like branching the kind of games that you're designing um not really like i like to flip-flop between genres there too because it's fun to make new things mm-hmm. and i like to try new things especially for jams like it's a good experience and a good time to be learning new things and hoping that it doesn't all crash and burn make your team be all let down but like uh no i there's a lot of variety in what i make there was a little while where i was like pigeonholing myself a little bit into like weird games where it's just like the aesthetic and the themes were kind of wonky but then i got bored of that so i stopped doing it right (laughs) but everyone came to know me as that guy who makes weird stuff (laughs) and it was like i was like no i can do normal serious games and then i make one serious game and people liked it and that stopped that i guess (laughs) (laughs) and so we've kind of skipped a little bit here, but one other question I was kind of asked is how did you kind of get into gaming? Like obviously, or it must've been like kind of a passion at first. Like what was, what were some of the first games and and consoles or or PCs that you um, kind of played and, and, uh, and and how long ago was that? Like, have you been gaming most of your life? I've been gaming most of my life, but like I grew up with like the wrong generation of consoles which is because I grew up, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And, like, I had a Genesis with Sonic 2 and Miss Pac-Man until I was, like, 8 or 10. Um, I had a Genesis, a PlayStation 1, and a Dreamcast. That, uh, that uh, the Ms. PS3 Pac- was out before I upgraded. Oh, really? That, that Miss Pac-Man poured on Genesis actually was dope. I had that as a kid. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I'm terrible at it. I haven't played... I mean, I don't have any of my old games anymore, but I remember playing... I played that game like a ton back in the day. That and I like Sonic Three more. I was so actually we didn't we uh, were quite similar because I I had an NES, but the the game the the system that I played the most as a kid was certainly the Genesis, like Sonic Three, Shinobi, um, Miss Pac Man, and so you made the jump to you said uh, PlayStation. I I picked up a PS Two after the PS Three came out because I was a kid <laughs> and I didn't have any money. Um, then I got, like, a DS and a PSP, and then I finally made the jump to, like, at the time, the current generation, when I bought an Xbox 360. 
which was already like halfway through its life cycle. Right. And then I went ham and like started working, made a little bit of money and bought like a PS3 and a laptop, which was decent at the time. Mm-hmm. So like that's where I started the terrible spending habits of buying everything new. <laughs> and I've kept it up very well. Yeah, it's actually um, similar because I remember my first job was uh, I worked at Taco Bell and I had a P- like I had a PS2, but I would only you know I was only gained I was renting games more often just from like my the, the you know the chores and stuff that I would do. But as soon as I started working at Taco Bell, like all of my income and I made minimum wage when I was when I started working was six forty an hour. So it would take me ten hours roughly to purchase a game. Uh, and so I just saved up for the GameCube, bought Resident Evil, bought all these GameCube games, and, and just kind of went ham, just as as you kind of mentioned. Um, but I never I never got into the the PC game. So what were some of the kind of the fond um, like what were some of those kind of first PS3 and Xbox 360 games? Because um, as as you're kind of mentioning, you you're kind of getting these systems like later into the console. I still bought games that were like flagships and launch titles. So for my PS3, my first two games were Little Big Planet and Uncharted, which are the reason I bought it. Yeah. Um, and then on my Xbox, I, I was I was still young. I was like eight when I got my Xbox. Like the eight, the nine the original Xbox. I was no well, Xbox 360. Oh I, man, you are. Oh, I'm, I'm young. I'm a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was young, so I got the Viva Pinata game, which I still will put my foot down and say that is a good game. The v- but. The Viva Pinata game? Yeah, it was a TV show tie-in, like, gardening game, and I still think it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I still own it. I can't sell it. I don't remember, I don't remember that game at all. Um, exactly. No one does. So what, so what started this uh, What started this love of, like, rhythm games, then? What were some of the early, like, rhythm games that you're... So, this is interesting. So, my favorite game ever is Persona 4, and then further on, Persona 4 Golden. And when they announced Persona 5 and all the spinoffs, they announced Persona 4 Dancing All Night, to which I was like, that looks cool. And then looking into it, the studio that made that also made the Hatsune Miku games. Hmm. So I imported the first one of those. And then cue me not being able to put down my PSP for it was a few weeks. And like neglecting, you know, eating sometimes because I was getting too good at rhythm games. <laughs> it's unhealthy but that started it and then I imported the whole series and then I imported most of the Taiko no Tetsujin series and then now I have a problem because <laughs> you're just importing all these games are you familiar with um, with A&C games here in Toronto? Uh, familiar yes but vaguely That's um, I forget where they are now they kind of moved I think they're Spadina in college um, like kind of really right in the middle of, of uh, Chinatown. Uh, but they have their their big kind of used game store. That's where I kind of sold all my old stuff. Um, but they have a lot of, like, import things, too. So you'll find, like, imported, like, Sega CE games and, and things like that. Um, we picked up, like, a Death Note game on DS from, from Japan. <laughs> um so I would recommend I would recommend checking out ANC Games because they might have I don't know do you use, do you just use like Play Asia when you're like ordering these? Sometimes that. Sometimes I'll jump through hoops to get it sent to me directly from like different sketchy import places. It depends on price, you know. I'm on a tight budget, no, that's right. but at the same time, I have terrible spending habits. So it's like 
Things are difficult, you just gotta, but I manage. You just gotta get those games. I've been leaning more towards digital downloads now, just like making accounts in other regions. But like the latest Tekken Attached Gene for Switch, easy peasy. Japanese Nintendo account. <laughs> I've never heard of that series. I'm gonna have to check it out when um, after it's, this. Only the first one got brought to North America, and it's so good. What system is it on? PS2. Oh, there's no. And so it won't it's be really hard to find now. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably um, worth like $150 on eBay. Actually, no. I bought it sealed with a drum for 50 bucks at a con, which oh, okay. I think was a steal, but like, I'm not... Hey, I'll bring it to a meetup or something. They I'll do. be the life of the party. <laughs> Perfect. There's uh, there's actually game dev drinks in um, in Hamilton that Brett Misa puts on. He's on the Discord. Uh, and it's at this like pheasant pl- this bar called Pheasant Plucker that everyone should go to. It's, uh, Game Dev Drinks is great actually, and they have a TV set up there. You can always uh, you can always try that. I'll do it. I'll bring the drum. I'll be so cool. You'll be like, wow, this is like Guitar Hero, except it's Taiko. So, so what's and... the difference between if there's a drum? What's the difference between that? That's my dog barking in the background. I think people are used to that that animal just not. <laughs> not shutting up now. Um, what's what's the difference between this game and like the rock band drumming? Is there much or it's a taiko drum. So you have the like the face of the drum and the sides and that's it and it's still fun. Oh, so like it's it's like such a niche thing that it kind of makes sense that they don't bring them here. Yeah. And also the first one one with the first one they whitewashed the whole soundtrack, so they did away with all the Japanese music and replaced it with like early two thousands pop music. Hmm. And then, like, it's Tycho. People people didn't understand, so it didn't sell. <laughs> and so they just gave up. <laughs> but, like, the mechanics are really good, and the note patterns are just, like, really well-crafted. Mm. So, I like it. Cool. I'll br- I will bring it. Everyone will see. I will be so cool. <laughs> you'll be, the, you'll be the, the cool kid on the block when you bring that. Yes. Um... So then, so you're in high school playing games and all this stuff. When did you, did you always kind of know? So when I, when I so, was planning to go to school, like game, a game design program did not exist. Yeah. Um, there was one class, I went to the University of Guelph, I've, I've told the story before. There's one class in the University of Guelph that was video game programming. It was offered every other year and it was like a fourth year programming class. Um, now it's like, now it's, you know, there's Sheridan, uh, George Brown, all these schools in the area, and I'm assuming elsewhere have these programs. Did you always kind of know that you wanted to kind of go into these programs or? Yeah, I decided pretty early on, like, I'm pretty fortunate that I had made up my mind well in advance. Mm -hmm. So like I started programming when I was eight because I wanted to make games. Uh, I learned, I learned RPG maker first because that's what one does when you can't code great. And then from there moved up to, like, I moved into Torque, which I don't like to talk about because I really don't like Torque still. (laughs) And then I moved to Unity, and then I've been happy there for a long time. And so you're, you're going into your third year, like... As someone who might be listening, who might be in high school, or might or might um, you know be in their twenties or thirties and thinking about going back to school, uh, like how do you like how do you feel about kind of because this is this is brand new, learn you know going to school for game creation like it's I think it's only in most of these schools it's only it's, the program's only been around for like four or five six years correct and yeah, so like the ours the, is new 
Yeah, so the the people who are graduating, like the you know, like thirteen AM games is from George Brown, and they graduated I don't know, like two or three years ago, and they were like kind of the first set out the door. Um, how do you how do you feel like it is your it's your first time kind of going to post secondary, but how do you feel about like the program as a whole? Like, do you think it's useful um, versus going to these game jams, or does it all kind of just mesh well together? Like how like your overall impression of the of the program and going to school, I guess. I think, like, personally, I think it's it's very useful, but it's also just not enough. Mm-hmm. So, like, it will give you the groundwork you need to get started. And that's great, because, like, you need it. You need that. And that's something you need to kind of go to school to learn. But then, without applying yourself while you're in school, without doing things outside of your classes, your portfolio just won't be strong enough to get a job, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Which is, from a lot of these programs is like the big problem they're seeing is that students are really only doing their assignments and then they can't find work afterwards because they haven't, you know, they're looking for portfolios that have a lot of work on them and you don't have it because you've been doing school. Um, Which is why I, (laughs) I went crazy and started jamming a lot. It's, it's great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Cause you, you tell me about a jam and I got to put up. Uh, I got to put up the the different page on the website. Actually, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, like Sebastian writes articles and and events and stuff for the website. Um, and you keep asking me to put up like a specific page for game jams, like because there's a lot of like online digital jams that people are doing. It's What's not the, just uh, online stuff too. It's like there's a lot of stuff that happens either locally or like there are meetups for it locally. But it's like it's hard to publicize and people don't always notice easy. So it'd be nice to have a place to put it i'm gonna do that this weekend i promise you by the time this podcast goes up for everyone so this is a good time to shout out to patreons patreon.com slash canadian game devs uh people at the four dollar level uh or higher get this podcast tonight on friday um uh august 17th and then everyone will get it on monday so i promise you by the time this goes up for the everyone else on monday that page will exist game dev or game jam page um because this is important. Everyone who tells me, I've never actually been to a game jam. I've, I've been, I went to one. Uh, Brett, oh boy. Brett put one on in Hamilton, and I just kind of went to it to hang out. I didn't like jam or anything like that. I don't really create any of these games. Um, but everyone always says game jams are are super important. They're really good. They're a lot of fun. Um, and then they like they are a really big thing. To Jam started I think like 12, 13 years ago, and it's very well known and there's the global game jam that happens it seems like every freaking month but i'm sure the global game jams annually that's once a year it feels like though <laughs> but everyone does their own right like the uh whole event no is called global no global game jam global game then... jam is is a one it's it's a worldwide event once a year but huh. there's there's a lot of other jams there's like ludum dare which is every four months and alica jam which is every four months but two months after ludum dare so like <laughs> There's stuff. There's always stuff happening. Uh, big jams roll around probably every couple weeks. So how do these how do these like kind of more online jams work? Like the like do you are you kind of just chatting over Discord or something like that or it depends how you coordinate it for yourself. Like some people do remote teams where yeah, you I guess use Discord, Slack or Skype or whatever your preference and just hope for the best and hope you're good at spreadsheets and planning because you're going to need it. Hmm. Um, me personally, I like to team up with local people because then I can just go meet them 
and we can work together in the same room, which for me works better. And then I still do spreadsheets to make sure everyone's on task, except for for myself because I'm a monster. <laughs> Everyone gets a spreadsheet, and then I'm I just wing it and hope for the best. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's online jams. You kind of just handle however you want a lot of the time, uh, as long as you follow the rules of the jam, which varies from jam to jam. Yeah. Um, they don't. Doesn't really matter who you work with or how you work with them. And so, where where can people? You have your own website and your own Twitter. Where can people find you on on Twitter and, and on, on online? Uh, my Twitter is at Sebastian Scaney. It's easy to find me. Just look for the stupid picture currently with lemons. Um, <laughs> that's your maybe, Skype photo right now, and that's what I've been staring at the last like thirty. Yeah, minutes. it's <laughs> hey, I threw that together. Like, I'm I'm no graphic designer. I don't. I've never claimed to be an artist, but like, I'd say that's pretty good for not having slept for three days. It's good. I like it. Um, yeah it's currently that if you're looking tomorrow I guess by Monday it might be different because I'm jamming tomorrow so whatever game I make then (laughs) might be what my profile picture looks like but the the base face is the same so like just look for a stupid picture it's me hello and so what what uh, what's one of the projects that you're like most proud of like what's your what's your kind of like favorite game that you boy um, have created or is it time to look at my babies and pick which one I... <laughs> which one do you like the most? Like the most. That's a, that is a tough one because there's like bits and pieces of all of them that I like, but like everything's flawed. Everything's a learning experience. Yeah. I mean, they're all uh, game games, correct? Or, not or all. Oh, no, some of them games. are assignments. Some of them are just... I Never long-term, but personal projects sometimes. Right. And oh jeez! Do you throw up everything? Everything you've ever worked on? Do you throw up online? Do you I, put... I will put pretty much anything on my itch page. And I have you... no shame. <laughs> and do you think that's beneficial for uh, like prospective developer uh, prospect? No, no. I, I'd say put the polished stuff, but like, don't just don't. Sometimes what I do isn't the right thing, but I'm like, hey, it's my thing. I like posting my unfinished, not unfinished. I'll. Everything I post is finished. Just not everything I post is quality. Right. And, like, you know, it's up to you to determine what how you want to handle that. Personally, I think, like, I like putting all my stuff out there, and I feel like there's room and, like, having... Bad games are important, because, like, people can play them and learn from them. And, like, I'll still tell you it's the best thing ever. It's my game. I'm marketing it. But, like, I know some <laughs> of my games aren't that good. I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the honesty where you can just say like, "Yeah, this game's not great," but I'll tell you. Don't scroll too far down on my itch page, and we're good. And I love all of it. So describe this. Describe the lemon game that we're kind of looking at right now. That's that's your display picture. You, oh. You'll have a new game soon, but yeah, that's my Ludum Dari entry. I don't know if it's going to do well or not yet. Um, so far, the criticism has been harsh but fair, uh, because I fully agree with everything they say. It just hurts to hear it. <laughs> is uh, there is there like a contest aspect to yeah ludum dari is competitive oh I see and it's, that. it's a big deal so like there's no prizes or anything but bragging rights are real when it comes to ludum dari because there's like four thousand games in competition hmm. so like you know coming first place in a ludum dari is something you can brag about for the rest of your life um i think we'll do okay i the criticism on it so far has been like it's been 
some people love it, and some people are like, wow, you know, it looks and sounds amazing, but the gameplay is kind of lacking. And I'm like, yes, I didn't have enough time to put a lot of content in, but it feels nice. And that was my focus, and I learned from that. And, like, I can patch it. That's what they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can always just add more stuff in. I'm, yeah, we're planning a couple content updates for it. But, yeah, it's a not really top-down shooter. I guess, like, a twin-stick shooter, but mouse and keyboard controls. And, like, you, there's the story isn't explicit in the game, but I'm going to reveal it here. This is the, the inside <laughs> scoop. Here we go. So the story of the game is that there's a spaceship that's crash-landed on this farm in, like, the like late 1800s, early 1900s. And uh, these lemons come out of it, and they see a lemon tree. And they're like madly in love with this lemon tree because they think it's like one of their people. But they're just alien lemons. So you, being a farmer, don't want these lemons on your property. So you just kill all the lemon aliens. That sounds fair. Um, it, at, when I looked at it, actually, because you posted on the Discord uh, and message, uh, the Discord invite is on Twitter and all that stuff. So if you're listening and want to be part of the conversation, uh, just ask me on Twitter. Um it reminded. I don't know if you ever played this game or, or heard of it, but it was called like Zombies Ate My Neighbors. On, oh, I know. Uh, yeah, on SNES and Genesis, it reminded me a lot like that. Just sort of the. I didn't play it. Uh, I'll be honest, but <clears throat> just like the look of it, like the characters, kind of the lemons, kind of coming out. It, of it wasn't and... necessarily what we were going for. Like it isn't something that I'd considered while we were making concepts, and my artist had never played it. Uh, Jess is amazing, but like. She likes, you know, like Bioware games and stuff. It's not, it wasn't really something under her radar. Mm -hmm. So, like, that was pure coincidence. Um, the lemons are mildly inspired by, like, the behavior of characters like Rabbids or Minions. Right. We wanted, like, these weird, crazy characters. All I could <laughs> think. Oh, sorry. There's a couple more designs that I, I think I tweeted, but we didn't implement yet. But we've got, like, because in the game we have the, the short, small lemons that just run at you, and we have the tall lemons that sh shoot lemons at you for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have designs for, like, a giant buff lemon and, like, a really gross, like, misshapen explosive lemon that we're planning to implement soon. So, like, fingers crossed. <laughs> and uh, all, to be honest, uh, as a kid as a Simpsons kind of kid, all I could think about was the lemon episode from um, the Simpsons where they, there's Shelby bill or whatever. And there was like a lemon tree that they kind of fight over. Um, and then Bart says like, my hopes are, are just as useless as that lemon shape rock over there. And then he looks at the rock and he's like, wait, there's a lemon behind that rock. Anyways, I don't know if, if you've never watched the Simpsons, you wouldn't know, but I've, Watched a lot of The Simpsons, but I do not remember that episode. It's one of the earlier but, ones. It's like a, a war between Shelbyville and and the like the Springfield, and it's like based on around a lemon tree. So there you go. The Simpsons predicted my game, as they do with everything. <laughs> Simpsons just did it before you, as they yeah. do with, yeah, as they do with everything. Well, there's like seven thousand episodes of Simpsons, so <laughs> it's kind of hard not to do something that Simpsons already did. Hmm. Um, so that's, that kind of takes us to, like you said, you're, you're a baby, you're, you're a little, you're, you're, you're young, you're young. So we're kind of, we're at the, 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 the end of the history of Sebastian. Um, 
what's uh what's kind of like i guess what's what's next what are you like you're doing this game jam this weekend yeah i'm um, gonna plug it i'm plugging this because i'm helping organize it do it i mean it will be <laughs> but, at least the patrons will know and I'll, I'll tweet it out too yeah it's um down at electric perfume ryan uh ryan mason who has like his cathode mark one which is like five crt monitors hooked up that you can uh basically has games that switch the screens around yeah, uh, his his long pong tweet went viral where he had pong that runs across all five of them. Oh, that's right. Yes, I um, I think I retweeted this today. A lot of people saw that. Oh, you mean did you retweet my post? Or my re- uh, no, electric it. electric perfume said tomorrow two p.m. register for the cathode MK one game jam. Oh yeah, they yes, that's uh, that's the one. It's gonna be fun. I hope probably. I mean, I've already made a game for the thing. It's a lot of fun to develop for. So like. I'm going. I'm gonna go make something hopefully functional and call it a call it a day. It's gonna be good. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then, so that's uh, that's how long is the program at Sheridan? Is it four years? Four years. Yeah. So you're, so you're halfway through. Yeah. And then is your like? Is do you think? Actually, this is something I always kind of wonder of people because. Do you think you'll be the type of person that will start their own company with like some friends and stuff like that, or do you think you're going to try to get into like Ubisoft or Bioware or something like that? Like, obviously things will change and and opportunities will arise and and fall and whatnot. But do you think what do you, what do you think what path do you think you'll you'll take? Do you think you'll go more indie route or or AAA? So for me personally, the dream is to go indie, but like. I understand very well that financially that is not the best option. Mm. So I'm not sure exactly where I'll go, but I feel like what I would do just as a general game plan is like try to get into AAA and like work there for a bit before moving out and starting my own studio. Yeah. Um that's like that's like the long-term dream. But who knows, really? You know, maybe I make it a little game that hits it big and can afford to start my own thing right out of school, and that would be be amazing. But maybe this, unlikely. Maybe this lemon game is the next uh, Stardew Valley, and it'll just blow up. And I I wouldn't say that. I <laughs> I have seen one trend, and it's the two times I've made not safe for work games, which in itself is like I did it because I thought it would be a fun design challenge, and it was. Damn, do those sell? Like, it's not even funny. Half of my like total views on Itch and Game Jolt are just from two, the two games that are not <laughs> not safe for work, I guess. Oh, um, really? Yeah, it's porn sex sells. It's crazy. Oh. Like, it's ridiculous. I had no idea those were even like a, like a genre. Like, a, I didn't even know. I it, assu- I guess I assumed, but it is, and it's very popular. Interesting. There you go. Maybe you got a long line, a long history of just porn games ahead of you. No, no. <laughs> like I, one of them, one of them was it was a jam specifically to make adult games. And like one of my friends called me up and was like, "Hey, let's make a game." And I was like, "Sure, I got nothing better to do with my weekend." So we did that, and that game, I don't want. Okay, so it blew up because someone posted it on Reddit on r slash What the fuck? Oh, I think I remember that. So that's why it was big, is because it was weird. <laughs> so I, people took to it in the wrong light, but it, it did really well. I think I remember 
seeing you tweet about that game <laughs> and then seeing out. and then seeing that on Reddit and I was just like, wait a minute, like I've I've seen this before. It was it was me freaking out because I really didn't want that to be my legacy already. <laughs> I didn't want to be known as the um I forget what kind of game it was though. Like, it was you... it's a local it's a couch multiplayer competitive masturbation game. Yes, that was where you, you have to beat your meat to the beat that to not it. finish first. <laughs> and that clearly piqued people's interest. Um we thought like we were like we're not taking this seriously. So, so we were like, couch multiplayer, that's what everyone wants. Uh, all the comments we got on it were like, why would you need a two-player couch game? Like, who are you going to play this with? That, you know, and it was like, fair, but you downloaded it, so haha. <laughs> so it's your fault. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> so you already uh, hit your so, fame. You're just, this is... I hope not. <laughs> this, is, this better not be my peak. Oh, boy. But if anyone's interested, it's called Come Together. It's on my itch page. Please be 18 or older, or else I'll get in trouble. I just found it, and of course, it's a rhythm game, as uh, we've already discovered that you're a big rhythm guy. So this that was not intentional. I mean, it was. <laughs> I was. We were thinking like, what would make the the weirdest, like, mechanically speaking, what would make the weirdest erotic game, and that's what we landed on. So yeah, good times. And then the second one, which is. <laughs> Trust CDs so I can have speedies, which is near the top of my page. That one's not porn. It's just not safe for work. It's about taking art commissions and like drawing stuff that is seedier gets you more money so you can pay rent as artists do. And that one apparently was accurate because a lot of my artist friends, you know, sent me messages like, why would you do this? This is just my life. I don't want to play this. So you got that knack here. I can see in the future already that there's going to be you're going to make some sort of VR rhythm sex game. I can see. No, it. no, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I just I just design where my heart takes me. I don't I don't think about it until afterwards when I'm like, oh shit, I made this. Of course, and like you said, the genre def- the genre branching thin. Like it's good to kind of make these type of experiences and. And it makes a good story, and it makes a funny, interesting kind of tale, and you learn from it, and it's all good. I only tease. I don't see you as a future VR. No, I, I don't. <laughs> that VR said, thing. would I do it? Yes. There's no... Like, if that's... If I find the opportunity where that is the game I need to make, because that is what... You know, somewhere deep inside, I'm like, this is what will work the best for whatever theme I've been presented with, then yes, I would do it. I'm not beyond that. <laughs> so, if, person, if someone wants to go and play these games, I know we already mentioned in the podcast, but we might as well kind of just plug it again. Where, uh, where can they go to kind of play all these, all these games? Um, oh, jeez, it's easier to go to my website and then click the big button that says "Play Games." So, if you go to SebastianScaney.com, and like the first thing you'll see is my face, really big, and then a big button that says "Play Games." That'll redirect to my itch page where you can download stuff. There you go, and uh, and that's your Twitter as well. Um, and uh, I think uh, are you on YouTube or anything like that? No, I just see Twitter and stuff, right? Not really. I sometimes post what was nothing. I I have like two gameplay videos. I use it to host for like my website, and that's really it. So, uh, what am I anywhere else? No, itch Twitter, my website, Game Jolt, but kind of like silently. I don't really check it. I just put stuff there and update it. Cool. Bert, um, 
is there anything that we didn't kind of mention that you want to just like give a shout out to or, or, or mention or, or direct people to or, or whatnot? Like there is going to be the Game Jam, Electric Perfumes doing it. We're going to tweet about it for all the people because uh, most people are going to listen to this after it's already ended, I'm assuming, right? It's over the weekend. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so we'll tweet about it and, and, and whatnot so you'll see it there. I'll put it on the page once I post this on, on all the different sort of areas. I post this on CanadianGameDose.com, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Uh, Sebastian, <laughs> is there anything that kind of... Um, didn't mention or, or want to bring up? Uh, not, hmm, not that I can think of. There you go. I don't know. Check out my stuff. It's, co- it's cool. I think it's cool. I'm going to tell you it's cool because that's what I truly believe. But you you be the judge of that. <laughs> but we already, we already uh, established that you might just be lying, so. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say established. <laughs> I, I'd say more like suggested. But it's fine. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people are like, I hate it. Thank you. So you depends on the game. Depends on your taste. There's plenty to choose from. Cool. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can go to soundcloud.com slash Canadian game devs. Uh, that's kind of like the, I just started the soundcloud account. That's kind of where I want to start hosting these things, but it is on iTunes and on Google music store or whatever the hell it's called. Um, so you can always kind of search for Toronto Game Devs, or sorry, Canadian Game Devs there, and uh, and find it. I'm still kind of switching back and forth between uh, the right. rebranding. Yeah, the, get it, right? it all leads to the same. Like, if you type in Toronto Game Devs, Ontario Game Devs, Canada Game Devs, Canadian Game Devs, and Toronto Games, I think, .com, it all leads to the same page. You gotta, like, like step it up. You gotta get, like, Uganda Game Devs and make it redirect to us. Uganda <laughs> Game Devs. I don't know. Steal it from someone else. RussiaGameDevs.com. Yes, that's us. <laughs> well, I'm Hungarian actually, so HungarianGameDevs.com. <laughs> Perfect. Let's see if that Hungarian Game Devs. See if that's even available. Site can't be reached. I'm assuming that means it's available. Do it. <laughs> Buy it. <laughs> not His domains are like twenty dollars. I already bought. I already didn't really want to buy Toronto. I tried to buy Toronto Games and Toronto Dot Games because I was Dot like, Games is expensive. I wanted that for my portfolio, and it was like, ooh, student price range can't do it. Yeah, so yeah, the Dot Game, a lot of the Dot Games are expensive. It's because it's not Dot Video, like there is Dot Video Games, which is much cheaper. But like, the, if the Pan Am Games comes back or the Olympic Games or whatever, they might want to have Toronto Games. <laughs> so um, yeah, they know it's expensive. Um, so anyways, you can go to all those places. Sebastian, thanks for joining me, man, on a Friday night. Uh, I do appreciate thanks for it. Thanks having me. And uh, if, you're, if you're a student um, or, or just interested in, in uh, you know, Sheridan program or any sort of program, game game design, stuff like that, you can reach out to Sebastian. Uh, join us on the Discord. He's You're on there uh, yeah, quite actively. Or Twitter. You know, slide into my DMs. I'm happy to answer questions. There you go. Slide. I'll be honest. <laughs> slide into Sebastian's <laughs> DMs. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Sebastian. Thanks for having me.